listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it, the, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. I'm pumped for the start of the playoffs. Richie Incognito did this not too long ago. I think at the time the Braves clinched, they had only 85 wins or so. From the BTG studio here in Rochester, New York, this is the Beyond the Game program. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. We hope you'll be encouraged over this next half hour by a faith-based perspective on the world of sports that's unique to this program and Oh, I don't know, maybe three, maybe four others across the country. Not a lot, for sure. It's sports talk without the trash talk. As happy as I am for the start of the baseball season, the conclusion of it leaves me a bit conflicted. I'm, of course, sad, you know, that the season's over. I love baseball. Yeah. But I'm pumped for the start of the playoffs. I don't often like to stay up much past 10 p.m. You know, I tend to subscribe to the idea that there is very little that happens that late at night, which is worthwhile. Get off my lawn. But I'll stay up for the baseball playoffs. Oh, yeah. And, of course, the extra television commercials, the later start times. Some of those games can push midnight or later. As the baseball playoffs draw near, I poke some fun at a friend of mine who's an Atlanta Braves fan and who celebrated their return to the playoffs with yet another division title by saying they were back on top. Now, I felt it my obligation to remind him that a division title is not back on top. Mm -hmm. I reminded him of the 14 or whatever division titles in a row that the Braves had won, yet they came away with only one World Series championship. Winning the division is nice, of course, but I suggested that perhaps they set their sights a little higher. I think at the time the Braves clinched, they had only 85 wins or so. Yeah, they won a very bad division. Congratulations. Exactly right. And of course, I'm poking fun, you know, through social media. I guess I'm trolling. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for two days, I would post my comments, and for two days, he would delete them as soon as I put it. And I'm not being anything outrageous. Just, hey, your Braves aren't as good as you think. You're celebrating a division title. And of course, then the Yankees celebrated the wild card as if they had just won the World Series and it all <laughs> turned around on me, but I get it. Making the playoffs is great. It's worth worth the celebration, I suppose, mm-hmm. but I guess I would have liked to see my team temper their celebration a little bit, knowing that's only one step. That's not the prize. It's just one step towards the ultimate prize and not the prize itself. Acts chapter 20, verse 24 says, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. Throughout his ministry, the Apostle Paul used this picture of the Christian being an athlete running a race. Here, Paul thinks of himself as a runner who still has a race to finish, much like the Braves. Celebrate that title, but man, you have more to do. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14 says, Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching toward what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. A quick encouragement that you are not yet done. Keep running your race. You are not yet defeated. You have not yet accomplished. That's all that you can accomplish. So press on. There may still come a time when you can 
joyfully reflect on the race you're about to finish, just as Paul did in Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, when he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith. But for now, celebrate the small victories, but don't let those victories convince you that, that you're done or that you're on top. God still has much more that he wants to do with you, through you, and for you. Still to come on today's show, we'll get into the issues surrounding Minnesota Vikings All-Pro defense event Everson Griffin. Mental health issues are so seldom talked about in many of today's churches, yet statistics say that nearly one out of five adults in America wrestle with some form of diagnosable mental illness. We'll kick that around as well as tell you what we liked in sports this week and Give our responses to Zach Magic's shenanigans statements. Stick around. <laughs> I'm Benson. He's Barletta. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. Here's a recap of the past week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics. We call it the Red Hawks Recap for the week covering up through September 27th. Red Hawks Recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. An up-and-down week for the women's volleyball team last week. On Friday, they opened a two-match weekend homestand, losing to LIU Post 1-3. They bounced back on Saturday, though, defeating New York Institute of Technology 3-1. Sophomore Grace Detweiler with 14 kills of 15.5 points in the match. And freshman setter Lauren Taco Chase had 28 assists. In soccer last Saturday, the Red Hawks faced off against rival Damon College. The men lost on the road 1-0, while the women fell at home in overtime 3-2. Sophomore Genevieve Palmer and freshman Justine Sharda with the Red Hawks' goals. The men followed Saturday's road loss with a victory in Philadelphia on Wednesday over Chestnut Hill College 4-1. Freshman Dylan Ruiz had a pair of goals, while sophomore Trevon Michael and junior Elijah Jarvis each had a goal. Elsewhere, both the men's and women's cross-country teams earned first-place finishes last weekend as they hosted the Harry F. Anderson Invitational. The women's tennis team earned a split over the past week, winning two matches and dropping two others. And finally, in men's tennis, they played the University of Rochester on Wednesday, falling by a 6-3 margin. Your chances to catch the Red Hawks athletics teams in action at home are as follows. The women's soccer team will be home on Saturday the 29th, hosting LIU Post at 1 p.m. The men will follow, also hosting LIU Post with a 3.30 scheduled start. The women's volleyball team will play host to Malloy College next Friday night, October 5th at 7 p.m., and then we'll be back in action again on Saturday the 6th with a noontime match against the University of Bridgeport. You can stay up to date with all the news regarding Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics as well as finding scores, game highlights, and much more by visiting their website, robertsredhawks.com. And, of course, you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College. We're proud to be a serious athletic school with great opportunities for serious athletes. In fact, we have the only Division II athletic program in the area. Our many varsity programs range from basketball, tennis, and cross country to track and field, golf, volleyball, and soccer. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. 
Learn more at stjude.org. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Disturbing news this week out of Minnesota that Viking star defensive end Everson Griffin, the longest tenured player on the Vikings roster, has been evaluated at a Minneapolis-area hospital after he was allegedly involved in a series of troubling events that have family, friends, teammates, all concerned for his well-being. It's been reported that he had been struggling for several weeks and recently had been explosive, screaming, and yelling at the team facility. A source within the NFL is reported as saying that Griffin was even told by Vikings staff to not worry about practice leading up to the Bills game this past Sunday or the Bills game itself and to just focus on getting help. That same source indicated both sides agreed the best thing for Griffin would be to stay away until he was in a better mental state. There are mixed reports also that Vikings even banned him from the team facility but that he showed up on Saturday anyway and had to be sent home. Then on Saturday, Minneapolis police responded to a call at a hotel where an individual was threatening to shoot someone if he wasn't allowed in his room. And though there's no report of an actual gun, that individual turned out to be Griffin. Following the incident at the hotel, Griffin allegedly attempted to break into the home of teammate Trey Waynes before climbing into a stranger's truck and being driven to his house. Waynes released a statement later denying that Griffin had indeed attempted to break into his home. Police met with Griffin at his house, and when asked by police why he went to Wayne's home, Griffin said God made him do it. And though he agreed to go to the hospital in the ambulance, Griffin would jump out of that ambulance, saying he was fearful of someone shooting him before ultimately being calmed and, and eventually taken to the hospital. His wife said that they had been at odds, that he had been recently acting erratically. In fact, he, she said that he'd been fighting demons in his head and had even gotten up once in the middle of the night and just took off, coming back the next day, and when he did return, acting like nothing had happened. Then, like a switch, he just turned on her and very strong language, very vehemently told her she needed to leave the home. And it's scary because this is the sort of thing, you remember Richie Incognito did this not too long ago, former Buffalo Bill, where he just... One day, snapped, told the team he didn't want to play for them anymore, threw a bar or a dumbbell at a guy in a gym, pulled a gun at his father's funeral, I think, all this crazy stuff. And it seems to come out of nowhere. And as far as I know, they still don't know why that happened. So this is pretty scary. There are varying reports how many Vikings players and coaches were aware of this on Sunday when they played the Bills. But just as a casual observer, and without taking anything away from the Bills, you would think they would have had to have known. Here are the Vikings without one of their very best players, a three-time Pro Bowler. Man has 62 career sacks, 17th best among active players. This is one of their key players. You'd think they would know a little something that something was going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And despite playing at home, where the Vikings are normally very good, and playing the Bills, who are not typically a, a good road team, by the way, who are also starting a rookie quarterback, the Vikings not only lost, but they got blown out and dismantled. The Vikings sure played like a team whose minds were somewhere else. And, and, and if that's the case, really, who could blame them? Fans often don't look at professional athletes as human beings with real-life issues, with real-life concerns. All they sometimes see is that their team is without one of their best guys, and 
They want to know when that guy will be back. But this isn't the same. This type of thing isn't the same as a physical injury. This isn't turf toe. This isn't some knee deal. This isn't a leg injury. My guess is Griffin won't be back with the Vikings for quite some time. Yeah, there's really no timeline for this sort of thing. You know, it's not like with a surgery where you know three weeks of recovery or whatever. It's This might be a long term. This might be years. In this era where we know about CTE, but yet there's still a lot of confusion about it, brain science is still an emerging frontier. How can you reasonably let a man who'd been exhibiting behavior such as Griffin has go back out there and bang bodies with other big, strong guys? The answer is you can't reasonably do that. Yeah. Vikings coach Mike Zimmer said Tuesday, the only thing we're really concerned about for Everson isn't really anything to do with football. It's about getting him better, and rightly so. Mm-hmm. The story is a reminder that NFL players are not exempt from mental health issues. You know, we think of these guys as big, tough, strong men, nothing bothers them, but that's simply not so. Statistics suggest that nearly one in five U.S. adults experience some form of diagnosable mental illness, not to mention the growing numbers of children and teenagers who are affected with such things. Ironically, it was former Vikings receiver Percy Harvin who gave an interview with Sports Illustrated recently and detailed his struggles with depression and anxiety. Receiver Brandon Marshall also talked openly about his battles with depression. Christians, too, are not immune from the struggles of mental illness. It seems like many in the church, we we remain silent about it because I guess most people just don't know enough about it to feel comfortable discussing it. But there's Mm -hmm. something more about mental illness that often keeps it relegated to the dark corner of the church, and that's that there's a stigma attached to it. Instead of marginalizing people with mental health illnesses, fearing them or or, or thinking that they leave people with just unable to contribute to the body of Christ, the church should be leading the way in loving on those people who suffer, embracing them, and negating those irrational fears regarding mental illness. Within the church, mental illness raises some difficult spiritual questions. Why does God allow such despair, depression, anxiety? Could demon possession be involved? Is it enough to tell people just to pray it through? I had asked a professional counselor friend of mine about this, and they said, look, unless you are trained to handle such a thing, the best thing you could do is to refer them to a mental health illness professional. And they said further that, Because mental illnesses are often accompanied by spiritual crises, that help should come from a competent Christian care provider. Most sufferers, they don't stand out. They look like the rest of the people sitting in the pews on Sunday morning. Though they struggle with depression, though they struggle with some other disorder, they don't often act out like Everson Griffin has. Instead, they conceal those struggles with a forced smile. God has a purpose for everyone. It's important to remember that. And though mental illness may affect the direction of a person's life, it doesn't mean that person is no longer part of God's plan. God's not surprised by your suffering, by my suffering. He's not uncompassionate towards it. His redemptive work is always in motion in order to make us more like himself. Psalm 139, 14-17 says this, I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, 
And in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If you know someone who is mentally ill, pray to God and be honest with God about how that affects you. Ask him to give you strength and wisdom to be able to help. You can't care for someone else if you're not spiritually strong and healthy yourself. Find other people who can help you, who can support you. Your friend, that loved one, they may not want you to talk to others about their illness, so be sensitive about their privacy, but support groups can be very helpful. Look for local church or Christian ministries that offer such specialized help. Look for biblically founded, professional Christian counseling. For many people, we're unaware of how mental illness fits within the Christian life because it's so seldomly addressed in the church. Hebrews chapter 14, verse 15 and 16 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. If you'd like to contact our show, probably the best way to do that is through our social media or through our website at BTG Program or btgprogram.com. If you'd like prayer, please reach out to us through one of those channels. Thanks for being with us with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game Program. Ever seen a blind man cross the road trying to make the other side? Let's face it, friends, sometimes life hurts. Sometimes we even get caught up in habits that are hard to break. That hurt can be especially painful for young people. But thankfully, God heals. Hope Church in Greece is offering a 12-week program called Life Hurts, God Heals. This program is intended to help students who are struggling with pain or addiction such as drinking, cutting, pornography, eating disorders, troubled family dynamics, and more. Hundreds of students from middle school age to college age have been given tools to help overcome life's difficulties through this program, and many lives have been changed. Life Hurts, God Heals is offered Sundays from 1 to 3 p.m. at the Gathering Place South in Rochester. And of course, it's absolutely free of charge. For more information, visit the church's website, sharethehope.org, or call the church office at 585-723-HOPE. That's 585-723-4673 and ask for Jill. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402 1070. That's 402 1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program, sports talk radio with a faith based perspective. Beyond the Game is recorded in the BTG studio here in Rochester, New York. But of course, you don't have to be here to hear the program. Podcasts can be found at our website, btgprogram.com, or on iTunes or Google Play. Click the subscribe button, have it downloaded to your device automatically each week. The podcast is downloaded. 
listen regularly all around the world and even across the United States in such places like Conyers, Georgia, just east of Atlanta. Conyers, the birthplace of Tyler Austin, who the Yankees traded to the Twins earlier this season. It's also the birthplace of actress Holly Hunter, the Fanning sisters, Dakota and Elle. And DeForest Kelly grew up in the area, most famous for probably his role as Bones McCoy on the original Star Trek series. Yes. His father was a Baptist minister in Conyers, and DeForest Kelly would often sing solos in church. To the many noble, good-looking, highly intelligent citizens of Conyers, Georgia, we thank you for listening to the show. And wherever it is you're listening from, we thank you as well. Here's Zach Magic with this week's shenanigan statements. All right, Miami Dolphins defensive end William Hayes tore his ACL while sacking Raiders quarterback Derek Carr on Sunday because Hayes fell awkwardly while trying not to land on top of Carr. Truth or shenanigans, now that the new quarterback hitting rule has caused an injury, we'll see changes made to it. I'm going to say shenanigans. So I I think we'll see a change to the ruling, but I think that's going to be a result of the widespread negative reaction, even from quarterbacks, more than it will be a result of this injury. Look, injuries happen for all kinds of reasons. I think it would be a huge overreaction to change a rule based on this injury. Yeah, I don't think one guy getting injured is going to be what it takes to spur the change because they had a meeting this week and they didn't change anything. So uh, while I do think it needs to be tweaked and changed, I think it's going to take a lot more to be the catalyst for that than just this one injury. Yeah, and nobody thinks it's going to be done mid-season, do you? No, No, that's something you wait to the end of the season and then you address it. Yeah. Number two, the Bills' Josh Allen will be the best of all the rookie quarterbacks this season. What do you think, Bills fan? Uh, as much as I'd love to say yes, I don't think so. Uh, I thought Baker Mayfield was the best quarterback in the draft coming out, and he also has better weapons around him than Allen does, so my money's on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I'm going to say shenanigans, but then again, maybe. If the Bills are out of enough games where Allen has to throw to try to get him back in it, he may have an opportunity to put up some special numbers, but I, th- I like the idea that the Cardinals are going to give Rosen a chance this week. Mm-hmm. I like you. I like Mayfield. I like Darnold. I just, not this year. I think Allen may end up being the best of the bunch. I do too. But I think some of the things that I've seen from him, he needs a little bit of work on that touch that he puts Mm -hmm. on the football. And I'm concerned that if the Bills are behind, that he has to throw and start compiling these big numbers that turnovers might become an issue. So uh, while I I think he might end up being the best of the bunch, it's not going to be, he's not going to be the best this season. I will say he's made progress on those touch passes in every game. So if by the end of the season he was the best of the rookie quarterbacks, I wouldn't be shocked. Number three, Bryce Harper will never play another game for the Washington Nationals after this weekend. This one's hard. Uh, Boy, I'll tell you, I'm going to say shenanigans. I think it'll come down to the Cubs or the Nationals, and I think are both in pretty good position to sign them. I understand the Nationals have a ready-made outfield to replace him, But if I had to choose, I I think he just might be back in Washington where everything is familiar. I know he said he wants to be back there and he doesn't know if he's in the team's plans. Look, they have a pretty significant payroll and their two best prospects in the organization are both outfielders who reached the majors this year. So I think he leaves. I think he goes to the Phillies who have a ton of money to spend. They have a lot of needs in the outfield. So uh, if I had to put my money on anybody, it's the Philadelphia Phillies. 
that's a good possibility. I think there's, it's going to come down to who offers the most money, I guess. Come on back after the break. We'll close out this week's show with our You Like That segment. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back in as we close out another week of the Beyond the Game program. Romans chapter 12, verse 12 says, Rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. There were a number of things I liked from this past week. I certainly like the way the Professional Bull Riders Velocity Tour got underway last Saturday night here in Rochester with a reverent word of prayer. And by the way, it was great to catch up with friend of the program and Hammondsport, New York native Carlos Garcia after the event. Maybe a little boost of BTG magic as both Garcia and recent guest Cody Rodeo Tyler finished in the top 10 qualifying to ride in the championship round last week. But what I also like was the PGA win last Sunday by Tiger Woods. Though Justin Rose won the FedEx Cup playoffs, Tiger was the bigger story with his tour event victory. Then on Wednesday, New York Mets pitcher Jacob deGrom made the playoff-bound Atlanta Braves look like little leaguers with what was likely his last appearance of the season and a performance which should all but lock up the Cy Young Award for deGrom. Tiger has gone through so much personally over the last several years since his last victory, and DeGrom has been a bright spot in an otherwise dismal season for New York Mets and their fans. Seeing those guys persevere through and succeeding through it all are among the several things which I liked this week. On Thursday, Yankees pitcher CC Sabathia hit Rays catcher Jesus Sucre in the leg with a pitch in retaliation for a Rays pitcher throwing behind Yankee catcher Austin Romine's head. Now, normally I'm against throwing at hitters, but throwing behind Romine's head is dangerous and uncalled for. Not only that, but Sabathia was only two innings away from reaching a half-million-dollar bonus in his contract. He was ejected from the game and sacrificed half a million dollars to protect his teammate. That's what I liked this week. You like that? You like that? Well, that's it for this week's show. So glad you could be with us. Please consider partnering with our team here at Beyond the Game to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to thousands of listeners through Sports Talk Radio each and every week. Your financial contributions to this radio ministry is what keeps us on the air. And if you have a business, please consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program. For more information or to make a donation, visit our website, btgprogram.com. Lots of other stuff there as well. Additional information about the program, past broadcasts, and detailed information on how you can know Jesus Christ personally. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, 
We'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Thank you.